Monday, everybody, and welcome back to the Couchside Judges. I'm Scott Fontana. You can follow me on Twitter at Scott underscore Fontana. And I'm Dan Urban. You can follow me at the Dan Urban. You can follow the podcast at Couchside Judges, and you can subscribe to our show wherever you listen. And if you like what you're hearing, give us that five-star review. And we talk about judging in MMA, so you should read the criteria. You can find it at abcboxing.com. Dan, uh, we had some fun fights Good card. on Saturday uh, Saturday evening. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it. It's a very fun night of fights. Yeah, you know, this, you know, I think this was kind of, uh, this is part of a string of events that's, you know, just a bunch of uh, fight nights in a row. We, we actually have quite a bit of time before we get to the next uh, UFC pay-per-view, which is kind of rare for them to go, you know, six, seven weeks without a pay-per-view, but that's what we've got right now. Um, my pocket so a lot like of these it. cards i feel like you're getting lost in the shuffle but this this one i was actually looking forward to and i think it did deliver oh it definitely delivered especially the main event too i i was looking forward to this i think it paid off giga chikadze getting the third round tko on edson barboza it, you know it was a reasonably competitive fight for a little while i think giga was ultimately looking uh the better of the two especially over the course of the two rounds but uh you know i thought at least round two was pretty close for Bar. Yeah, I, I scored it for Barbosa. All three judges ended up going uh, for Giga in both rounds. I'm not going to debate that. But uh, my question for you, sir, is did the fight live up to your expectations, this particular fight? Yeah, usually most Edson Barbosa fights live up to the hype. And lately, Giga has also lived up to it. So I, I think it lived up to the excitement. It was a firefight a lot when they were thrown at each other. A lot of fun. I, I mentioned, I said, Giga was looking very confident at the end of round one. I, I was I got nervous a bit. I was like, can't get overconfident because Barboso just kicked your head off. It's true, but I think Giga is just such a, I mean, you know, the guys that Barboza's kicking the head off of, they're not Giga's level of kickboxer. I know. I agree. I totally agree. But if you let your guard down for a split second, he'll take advantage. But he yeah, did not no, do that. Yeah, no, you're not wrong so. necessarily, but I think what we saw in this fight was Giga showed that he's the younger fighter. He's younger in the sport, especially, and, and he's just a little faster in general. He was a lot faster, I think. Yeah. So I think that made the clear difference in this fight. Uh, you know, I'm not I'm not the most technical of breaking down, you know, what led to the victory here, but I mean that's that's what it looked like to me. Yeah. I like his his killer instinct. And I don't think we always saw that, but we have lately I think I think yeah, I mean there's I, I think with him is he's not gonna overcommit. If it if he sets it up and he makes it happen, he's willing to go further. Yeah, I mean, he went, once he had Barboza hurt, he he dove in 100% head first, ready to just end it there. I also got the so. sense that with some of his other past opponents in the last year and a half or so, which, you know, we've been really kind of intensely watching all these fights, um, it almost looked like he was toying with some of his past opponents. I mean, that's, a, that's all, also possible. You know, and that's not really the case here. I mean, I think he knew what he was up against, and I think he was up for the challenge and was very excited for it. And I think we did see what a motivated Giga really looks like. For a split second, I thought he got careless because when when, uh, when Barbosa grabbed his leg, I was like, "Oh no, all this you're, you're killing him, and now you're gonna you're gonna blow it here." But uh, he was able to get away. Yeah, no, I mean, what a performance! Honestly, he looked yeah. he looked excellent. Uh, does he need another win? In your eyes, like, and forget forget about how they're going to book it, you know, because obviously we've talked before about how the UFC is going to do what they're going to do because of the schedule. But in your eyes, does he need one more win or is he already at the level that he needs a title shot? Or maybe two wins. I don't know. What do you think? Here's the thing. I don't mind if he say, – say he gets a shot. I don't mind if he does. He's, okay. he's, a, he's a good competitor. I, I absolutely think – Seven wins in a row in the UFC. That's a big deal. I That is a big deal. Jim Miller will tell you that. Um, But I don't think he gets a title shot. I think he needs like probably two wins, maybe three. He's maybe not, maybe not three, probably two. There's a lot of guys ahead of him. That 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 featherweight division is kind of log jammed, I think, of heavy yeah, competitors. I mean, it, didn't, so. it didn't help that the title fight that was supposed to happen back in the fall got canceled because of uh, the champion Alexander Volkanovsky got COVID, uh, which was funny. I I actually interviewed him like I, I want to say like 24 hours before the news broke that he had COVID. Oh wow. That was preparing for him to have a, a fight the next weekend, and then obviously he had to pull out, and everything got moved around, and then they put him on on tough against uh, Brian Ortega there. So yeah, that really held up the whole division, obviously. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, I'll we'll be, I'll, be I'll be down to see him fight Max next. That like he's he wants, that'd be awesome. I think that's a good idea. I, I saw somebody kind of poo poo that on uh, on Twitter, just just 
and someone's weighing in, right? I like it because I don't know what else you do with Holloway other than you know, Yair Rodriguez, right? But I'm more interested in this just aesthetically. I think it's going to be cool. This would be a fun fight. Both of them yelling yeah. on the best box. No, no nothing against Yair either. Yair's fun too, but I don't know. I, Yair versus Giga, Giga that I've would been be very fun. impressed about. Yeah, I mean, I put Yair and Giga against each other. That'd be fun too. Yeah, I. you know what? If that fight falls apart for one reason or another, Giga should step in. I don't know that I would want him as the like late replacement for the title fight or something like that. If it happened, fine too. But yeah, I think that makes more sense. I, I, I'd like to see him get one more win over like a current contender because Barboza is not that. He's a stiff, tough test at 145. Most of his work was at 55, but he's proved himself to be a, at least a solid 145 or even when he's losing these fights. Um, Cub Swanson too, also not necessarily the same fighter anymore right Mm -hmm. i want to see him against somebody who's still in the mix right now yeah and i think that would be it doesn't matter who it is i think if he goes in there and put him against josh criteria looks good was that can even put him against josh emmett that'd be fun too or this just popped in my head korean zombie that'd be wild i mean yeah that'd be pretty crazy you know what? Actually, I like that one best of all. Korean Zombie, <laughs> Giga Chikadze. It's it's gonna be fun. I, I don't think I don't think they can they can mess up this booking as long as they stick in the direction we're going. You know, it's funny. Like, I think that you need to test guys, and I think that we haven't seen Giga against a real elite wrestler at this level yet. But I don't want them to. I just want to see him in cool striker battles. That's just aesthetically, that's what I want to see. I mean, they, they've they've slow burned him, unlike they do a lot of guys. But now he's well, I don't he, think he wasn't he's kind yeah, of he's kind of he's kind of like in like a now he's turned into a full fledged you know flame like huge he's hot right now you, you got to just keep throwing him at, at tough guys yeah I think they kind of allowed him to just grow organically sort of is it, more or less is what you're saying I think uh, yeah they didn't I don't rush think him. they brought him in thinking he was gonna get to this level necessarily maybe they did but uh, I mean they didn't rush him in any step of the way I think even these. Steps have been appropriate, but I do want to see that next step against somebody who's really in the mix now. Right, which is rare. Like I was saying, another 45 or Chase Hooper is like second or third fight. He's thrown in there against Alex Caceres. And he's only like 20 years old, yeah. too. So he's, you know, he's still more of a child. And and Ben Askren's child, nonetheless. Yes. <laughs> so I, Neither one of them known for their striking. I think they've managed him well, and it's paid off. I think so, too. Uh, what about Barboza? I mean, I don't think it means this is leave yeah. him. That doesn't mean anything, really. He's on his like his Hall of Fame or Legend tour. Fight whoever he wants. Everyone's gonna want to tune in anyway. He's exciting. Never gonna really. Gonna... Is he a Hall of Famer? Some of his knockouts may be in the Hall of Fame as Hall of Fame you know knockouts. I... But it... I was thinking. Oh, sorry. Finish, please. But I forgot where I was going. Oh, he does. He's he's never gonna contend for the title again. No, I, so... I think that ship completely sailed. If it, if it was even afloat before, it's it's uh, it sank now, right? Yeah. So it's just a it's a it's a it's a Legends tour. I had a thought because I've been thinking about Boboza and kind of what his place is in in the sport and the UFC and and all that stuff. He is not he's not a legend in the sense that you would say, oh, he was one of the best of of his time, you know, because he really never got that no. far. He did he just every chance that he kind of had to get there, he not only failed, but he kind of failed in spectacular fashion too, very often. And Jamie Varner um, comes to mind. Jamie Varner, I mean, that was very early in his career, but I mean, I'm thinking of like, you know, he got Khabib and he got uh, Kevin Lee, who are course wrestlers, and things, but they just wrecked him over the course of two oh, fights. Man. I really wish Michael Johnson never, ever rocked Khabib because that put <laughs> that gave me so much confidence that Edson Barbosa was just going to destroy him. <laughs> I, I never had that thought. <laughs> like, and I was like completely wrong. I think a lot of people have overrated what happened with Michael Johnson because uh, Michael Johnson kind of does this to a lot of guys. He's he's got this in him, but he's you know he doesn't ever get the job done. Uh, not a, yeah. You want to talk about someone who blows uh, opportunities? It's definitely Michael <laughs> Johnson. He, he he gets himself in positions where you're like, wow, look at him. He really wanted a big spot here. He beat Poye in the headliner. They didn't do anything off it. Whatever. I mean, we're we're getting the sidetrack. But what I wanted to say about Barboza is he's not a Hall of Famer. No. But I feel like in MMA. We need to start thinking about a Hall of Fame, which is for the best of the best, and then a Hall of Violence, which is okay. just for the guys who we remember because they were so much fun to watch, whether they got to the top or not. I mean, you could have, you know, Anderson Silva could be in both. 
I don't see why he couldn't be in both. But right. Donald Cerrone, he is not a Hall of Famer, but he's a Hall of Violence. He's a guy we want to watch, yeah. Someone mentioned yeah. that today. They put out, they said there's two types of fighters. There's entertaining fighters, and there's very good, like technically sound fighters. And if you don't fall into either one, what are you doing in the UFC? And I think they were talking about Sam Alvey. Yes, I, honest, I, so. I kind of saw that being alluded to as well. And I mean, not that we want to go down a conversation about Sam Alvey, because whatever we've we'll we'll actually get we to actually will yeah in, in just a moment. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, no, I I understand what you're saying. This is a, just a little bit different though, because I'm talking about you know obviously you can be either one of those and be a violence fighter or just a great fighter or both or neither. Yeah, Edson definitely gets the the violence nod. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start the Hall of Violence. I, I bet. I'm so definitely the first person who's on, ever thought of board. this. This is totally an original idea. I mean, you know, I think it's sound. I've never it heard is, of it. Probably not. All right. Well, I'm gonna start it. Let's start it. It's in my. Ba- it's, I've started it in my basement. We're gonna. I don't know. We'll put up a picture or something like that. Okay. I don't actually have any MMA memorabilia up on my wall in my little basement office here. It's all my my sports teams. You got all bunch of media passes. Oh, I have my you. yeah. I mean, you're seeing it. We're we're on a Zoom right now. I didn't go over to dance for this recording, but um, I do have my press passes. Yes, and that's usually what I put in my background when I do Zoom interviews with people. So some people are like, "Oh, wow, that's cool," and then other people just ignore it, which is fine. I don't <laughs> want them to talk about it on uh, ad nauseum. Um, before we get into contested rounds, though, we should definitely because there's a local angle for you and I, sir. UFC 268 was made official for Madison Square Garden on November 6th. They announced it during this event. Dan, you've got a conundrum. It's such. You've got a little bit of a pickle in your hands. Is... Why don't you make sure you remind everybody what it is? I have tickets that night to go see Burt Kreischer at the Hulu Theater, which is in Madison Square Garden on the same night that UFC 268 is. So the problem you have is that there's something else in the building that you already are going to, and you want to go to the other thing in the building. I wanted to go to both things in the building, but... I also make fun of everyone who buys a ticket to a UFC pay-per-view and doesn't show up for the prelim. Yeah. If you would look like a loser, and I, I would never let you forget it. But they just had to go and, and put two title fights, Kamar Usman and Colby, Thug Rose and, and Zhang Wiley too. And you got Gaethje Chandler Gaethje. Chandler. By the way, that commercial, I will watch that commercial all the time. I laughed at it every single time it came on, him and Chiesa. Um, <laughs> but the, Ally Quintus versus Bobby Green. Frankie Edgar. Frankie Edgar and Cheeto. Like, I'm sure some of those fights I want to see are going to be on the prelims that I'm going to miss. Luke Rockhold and Sean Strickland. That, that's too. a, yeah. That's, and I mean, we're going to have plenty more. I, I mean, I might witness a murder in the cage because Sean Strickland wants to murder someone in the cage. Well, I hope not. Uh, you know, NYPD will be there probably to stop that. I, I'm just saying that's the man said that he would love that. Sure. That's I mean, insane. You know. Uh, but yeah, I'm in a I would love a hamburger, but I don't have a hamburger in front of me. I'm assuming you'll probably be there, right? Maybe. I expect I would be there. I mean, uh, you know, I already talked to my boss and said, hey, we've got this going on. If you need me to cover it. Yeah, you're going to get to eat brownies. Whatever you need for us. Yeah. So we'll see. Awesome. So, yeah, I'm uh, I'm probably going to probably just go. I don't even know. What? what? Probably go instead of Burt Kreischer? No, no, no. no, I already got uh, friends I'm going to Burt Kreischer with who would not want to go to the fighting. They're not fight fans. But, uh, Mm -hmm. yeah, I don't I don't know. We'll find out. We'll see. You could do, you know, you know, those episodes of the sitcoms, like classic episodes where like you're at the the bar mitzvah in one way and then you got to be on a date in another place or something like that. You know, and no. you got to like keep changing costumes. <laughs> you should do that. OK. <laughs> <laughs> Garden security have no problem with that. I mean, the, the comedy show starts at seven. So Bert probably doesn't go on until eight. Does an hour set. That's like nine. So it gives me a couple. I'll probably like catch the very end of the prelim headline. You'll probably catch the feature prelim. Which is probably going to be Frankie Edgar and, che- and Cheeto, and I'll be upset that sure. I missed yeah, that. They didn't announce the bout order. They, they uh, made it clear, not bout order. Yeah, but then that's the one I would imagine is. And we've got so. two months, so let's figure probably half of these fights get right, scrapped in when some do, form When do another. tickets go on sale? Uh, I mean, not yet. They literally just announced it, so I, I don't know. When they do, I'll let you know, sir. Yeah, thank you. Make it <laughs> more difficult that day. Alright, let's move on, though. We've got contested rounds here. We do have a few. Uh, it was going pretty well for a little while, uh, but we ended up with three split decisions. Yes, three splits. And, and I think we have to lead with but, the one that yeah. involved. Wait, what do you, you got something to say? What do you want to say? The one we're leading with was not a split decision, but it technically <laughs> is a split decision. 
Yes, yes, and 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 we'll explain why because you know I mean a lot of people probably already know, but we'll we'll get into that anyway. Wellington Terman got the win over Sam Alvey via officially split decision to 28-27s and a 28-27 the other way. You you're not going to see this all that often in mixed martial arts, but we did get it on this one, and that is because of two separate point deductions in round three. Because Terman couldn't stop poking Sam Alvey in the eye. The MMA decision. Just couldn't stop. Two of them were like 10 seconds apart. It was impressive. MMA decision said this is the first fight, first three round fight where a fighter lost two points in the third round and still won. Yeah, I believe that. that I mean, I believe that. That's crazy. And, and the funny thing is, this probably didn't necessarily need to be a split decision. Probably could have been unanimous. Could have been unanimous. Uh, it would have been unanimous. Had the the fouls that haven't occurred, but sure. I mean, even that. But yeah, let's let's get into it. So, just to set it up, Dan, what happened in this round? What were the events of this round, other than the yeah, two? Yeah, so I, I thought Alvy was having a good round. I thought he was landing one strike at a time. Uh, his jab, I thought it was a power jab uh, with the right, and then he gets poked in the eye. Chris Toyoni tells uh, Terman, "Hey, yeah, I've warned you enough. We're taking a point. They take a point." And I always say you've been warned enough the first time you did it because <laughs> you were told in the back. And it's been the same rule in MMA forever. So does that. <laughs> 20 seconds later, if that, he pokes him again. And I th- Honestly, I think it was like a good 8 to 10 seconds. <laughs> so, it was so quick. He just He's like, yeah, I don't care what you just did. I'm going to poke you again. And he pokes and him. And Sardioni was like, come on, guy. What are you doing? <laughs> Takes another point. I mean, I imagine if he did it a third time, it's a disqualification. But. I'm, I I believe that is I, I oh goodness I wish I had the rules in front of me. Uh, we don't even think about this too often. I'm I'm almost positive that's right. what happens though as a disqualification, but I could be wrong. Right. Uh, so we'll have to look that up later. And the thing is that I liked about these these points taken away because these weren't the most egregious eye pokes. They weren't bad. I think the second. I mean, they weren't egregious in the sense where he was you know three stooging it. But yeah, I mean the the second one I think was more harsh of the two. Yeah, uh, of course, and, and takes the the second point. So now. Tournament is just extremely upset, sure. and he turns it on. He should be upset because, man, I'm losing. It's my own fault. Takes it out on Sam Alvey, rocks him. Yes. These were some. These are good shots, the heaviest heaviest of the round uh, by far. Uh, I think Sam's pretty hurt, and I, I think those were the most effective of the round, and I scored it for Terman, 10-9, which uh, effectively turns into a 9-8 for Alvey. The funny thing is, I wonder if Sam Alvey would have been on pace to win this round had he not been poked in the eye two times, because I think it lit the fire under Terman, it, it really like went did. after it. And I noticed throughout most of the final minute and a half ish that we had in the fight after those two pokes, you could see Terman keeping his fists closed most of the time. And it was almost like a conscious thing. He did ultimately let them go again a little bit and do the, you know, the fingers out distance thing maybe once or something like that. I'm like, oh man, don't do it. <laughs> don't Listen, do it. I get it. it I mean, it, it's energy draining to keep a fist sure. that tight, but you're in control. But he's mad. So I think he it was, was easy mad. for yeah, yeah, probably yeah. super mad. Adrenaline's going. I think you have a point there that, you know, if he didn't poke him, Alvy probably wins this round. That said, he would have lost the fight anyway. Still would have lost. The first two rounds went unanimously to Terman. Uh, but here, I do think Terman decisively took the round because of the way he was winning in that last minute and a half or so and did have Sam Alvey quite visibly hurt. I think that's like, that's a very clear, not even close, but clear. I think that's a clear round for him at this point, right? It's it's, it's his round for sure. The judges for this one, Derek Cleary and Ron McCarthy both saw it the same way you and I did a 10, nine for Terman, which converted into a, and nine, eight for Alvey with the deduction. Adelaide bird, had this one as a 10-9 for Alvy, and that went all the way to a 10-7 for Alvy because of the deduction. So she didn't score it a 10-7, she scored it a 10-9 for Alvy, and then it went down from there. I I really this is a tough one from from Ms. Bird. I I don't yeah, I can't agree. I mean it's it's not the greatest and it it, it turned out because of the deductions that it was a, a fight deciding score, really. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it ended up flipping the the result here. I mean, it, typically in a third round like this, if there were no point deductions, if she went that way, you're sitting there like, huh? But here it was like it almost turned the result the other way, which Sam Alvey was livid about when he found out he hadn't won. He looked he looked like my my little guy, my three year old. When you tell him like you you can't do literally anything you want to do, 
The funny thing is, he, he was, just he went into like just furor mode. He was mad, but he was still smiling. Yeah, he was. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's just chaotic. Yeah, but, he he had yeah, no I, business being mad. He got a better result by getting a split decision loss instead of a unanimous decision loss. I know, I know, but I mean, it's still a bad loss, and, and it's been a while since he's re- looked really any good. He hasn't won um, in a long time. Yeah, this one ugh, is. I don't think this is a good score from Bird. This is definitely one of the the, the lesser scores that I've seen from the UFC Apex this year. Yeah, I'll have to agree. I mean, there was a lot going on. I just want to point out one thing in this fight, though. The first eye poke in, I, in round one, I don't think it was anything that Terman did. He had his hand up, and he wasn't pushing it forward. Alvy leaned into the into the fingers. Still an eye poke, but it was because of Alvy leaning in. So and, Understood, it, but you're not... Like, I mean, extending the fingers is illegal. Extending, but he had him up like this, like pointing to the sky... And Alvy right. leaned his eye into it. Uh, gotcha. But whatever. I, I, I don't know. All right, let's move on, though. You know, we, we covered the bases there. Obviously, a lot to do. But we do have, like we said, two more split decisions. Uh, and in each case, it's just a single round that led to the split. So let's start with the the one that was higher up on the card. One of the, uh, the two Ultimate Fighter finale fights i didn't watch any of the season did you watch a single minute of the season by the way i was so excited for this season and then i caught like the first two episodes and then i was like oh man wait it's tonight all right it's just too difficult to have to log into espn plus to watch it it should be on regular (laughs) tv and uh no i didn't uh didn't get to catch it really i tried I I, i tried to catch up but I watched like two or three episodes, like episode five I caught up. And then I started catching spoilers on Twitter. And I was like, all right, forget this. What was the point? Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, I I ended up watching, uh, someone requested, I I watched this for my opinion on one of the the scoring of one of the rounds. And and actually it was Brady Highstands, or he stands uh, uh, one of his fights on the show. But anyway, he was the loser in this fight uh, Saturday night against uh, Ricky Tertius. I I actually forget how to say his name. Yeah, Tertio. He sat and watched this right? fight. Now I've already, I've already blanked on how the pronunci- proper pronunciation is. It's okay. That's okay. Uh, it, it's late at night. <laughs> 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 we got uh, we got two twenty nine twenty eight to the twenty nine twenty eight the other way in this fight. Round one is our split, which leads to the split decision. Of course, let's talk about round one. What happened here? This is a fun round. This whole fight was fun. It had. It was a good fight. Yeah, it was a fun fight. It had Forrest Griffin, Stephen Bonner, tough finale vibes to it but not quite at that level i yes. still don't like when when the broadcasters start talking like that i'm like ah oh know. did they mention that they did oh did the they round. oh i mean i mean i mentioned it uh well they were paying attention like, to your twitter account that's i the guess thing. They, they i mean copped your stuff it did it wasn't more exciting than that fight but i thought i thought it was exciting enough for a tough finale one of the better tough finales yeah i think you would probably say that anyway high stand gets it to the ground but he does nothing there He's losing on the ground while being the guy on top. He's eating elbows. He's eating punches. He has to defend subs. He's very defensive, like almost the entire time he's on top on the ground. When it's on the feet, it's a firefight. They're both landing good shots on each other. But uh, on the whole, I I think Tertio was uh, just a bit more effective. And I gave him the round 10-9. I did as well. I think it was pretty close. I, I saw this as pretty, you know, you can make an argument one way or the other, but... Ultimately, yeah, I cited the same way as you for basically the same reasons. Uh, the two judges that saw it the same way as you and I did, Mike Bell and Tony Weeks, uh, were at odds with Derek Cleary's scorecard for Heastan. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not too heavy in one one guy's favor, but I do I do like my score for Tertios. I think Tertios probably won the fight as a whole, too, so the fact that it kind of ended up that way, that the 10-9 system yeah. ended up bearing out the right winner who we feel should have won, I think that's good. Yep. There's a win for the 10-9, or the 10-point loss. <laughs> <laughs> a narrow one, a split one. Uh, <laughs> that really, There's really not a whole lot to break down with that one, right? I mean, other than saying it's a good fight, was, I think we it, move on, right? It was basically, you got to understand the guy in the bottom was winning. Just because the guy on the top was on top doesn't mean he's winning. He was... That is true. That, that, so... As I yawn, like I said, it's late. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's... Uh, that's something that I think like, used to be lost on a lot of people who were scoring fights, you know, whether they were people at home or, or I think even sometimes judges back in the day. Uh, not the case anymore. Modern judging has caught up with that. And I think this is probably a win for that as well. So I do want to point out DC mentioned going into the third round that he thought a uh, high stand was up to nothing. Yeah. And someone guy said, no, you're wrong, DC. And 
He said he's out, he's Tercio's outstruck him three to one in the first round or something. And someone responded, "Yeah, from the bottom." And it's like <laughs> it's like both of you guys' arguments are are completely flawed. Like I get from I, get, I mean from the bottom, if you're the one that's landing the better strikes, yeah. But usually the guy on top is going to have some more impact just because that's the way it works. You know, you have more leverage to get better punches, but it high stand wasn't really doing much from there. So that's why, not because it was three to one. Yeah, obviously. A lot of flawed uh, interpretations of how to score a fight out there. Yeah. DC is often a part of them. <laughs> he's still, I, I still <laughs> love him. I can't, I can't help it. I want him on every broadcast. I, I mean, he's an enjoyable character, but yeah, uh, because, because I very much want us to get to the point where people understand the rules better. I still kind of sigh when he's on the broadcast as much as I enjoyed listening to him because he's fucked. It's, uh, it's like a 90 degree uphill battle pretty much trying to get people. It's to a understand. Sisyphean battle. Uh, we're pushing the boulder up and then it falls back down the next day. Yeah. That word. <laughs> <laughs> Go get that thesaurus out or the dictionary. Uh, moving on. We have one more split decision. Like we said, and this was uh Mana Martinez got the win in the, uh, the curtain jerker over Guido Canetti. All 29-28s, 2-1. and one. Uh, Round 2 is our split here. What would you say? I saw a very bias coming from the commentary team, which probably swayed a lot of people in Kennedy's favor. Okay. Uh, he was landing good kicks. Not going to say he wasn't, but the commentary made it seem like he was running away with the round, and I, I didn't see that at all. I thought Martinez was landing more effectively with his punches, and he was answering with good kicks of his own. It's a close round, but I, I, it goes in Martinez's favor for me, 10-9. I would agree. Um, I cited that way as well. It's close but clear to me. Yeah, I mean, Kennedy really doesn't have that much offense outside of, of these leg kicks. And they were good leg yeah. kicks, but uh, Martinez was landing to the head, and he had his own good leg kicks of his own. So Yeah, I think so. I just didn't see enough, I guess, uh, you know, effectiveness coming from the strike. You know, it's, it's really just who won the striking there, and mm-hmm. I really did think that Martinez won the striking ultimately, yeah. but closely. Yeah, I agree. Like I said, uh, judges for this one were Derek Cleary, Junichiro Camillo, and Adelaide Bird. Cleary and Camillo were the ones who saw it for Martinez. Bird saw this one for Kennedy. She was the out judge uh, for the second time. Well, it was the first of the night, but the second time that we're talking about on our show. Mm. Uh, no problem with this one. I don't think it's crazy to go that way. I mean, you know, I still completely disagree with the the round three score in terminality, but this one, not. I don't have a major issue. Yeah, I, it, it's it's okay. I think you. I think you can make a case saying, "Well, I saw those leg kicks landing, and I thought they were the most impactful thing of the fight or that round." And make that case cage side. Sure. I guess so. It's defendable. Oh yeah, it's totally defensible. I think uh, not a big issue. Uh, moving on though, we have you know this is the end of our split decisions here. A round two submission victory for Brian Battle over Gilbert Arena in the other Ultimate Fighter finale. This one at 185 pounds. The other was. 135, rear naked choke, tap out. But round one before this was a split. And I'm not terribly surprised because when I'm watching this, I'm like, oh, there's a tale of two rounds here. And sure enough, we uh, that, that bore out in the scoring from the judges. So, Dan, why don't you break down exactly what happened? Yeah, so this was uh, the third time's the charm for Urbina in an Ultimate Fighter. The third brother to go at it. And it looked like he was going to be the one to do it, but uh wasn't to be. He had battle hurt. And near, I guess, close to a finish. I mean, in sense of like battle was kind of hurt, but he he stayed with it, stayed tough, and then he turned the round, turned around around. What about halfway through? And he started landing some good shots. I thought Urbina had a big enough lead, and I thought he kept pace with battle in that final two and a half minutes to the point where I don't think battle was able to close the gap, uh, let alone surpass it. So I scored it for Urbina ten nine. Yeah, I thought like I like you just said. I think Urbina had built a good lead there. It was a nice strong start, and I think Battle was just able to kind of slowly chip away at the lead as it kind of went. But it was never to the point of overtaking all of the uh, you know the effective offense that we had from Urbina to start. And that's what it comes down to. Like, you can't weigh one part of the round more than the other. You know, I think a lot of uh, People sitting at home who don't actually understand the criteria say, "Oh, you know, they're they're gonna remember what happens at the end." It's like, well, yeah, they do. But they're, I mean, these are good judges who train for this, and they they can they've trained themselves well enough to remember what happened three minutes ago, four minutes ago. Yeah, they're able to parse through around. They can they can keep that in so. mind. Um, but having said that, I can see why uh, Ron McCarthy was the out judge on this one. Mike Bell and Rick Winter saw this one uh, the same way for Urbina. I can see why 
McCarthy saw it that way. I don't think yeah, it's crazy. I guess you can make a case. Um, I but I think it's more more in the close but clear category. Yeah. For I don't I don't have a major issue with it, and, and you know, and it has nothing to do with the fact that the fight ended in the second round. I just I don't think it's this is not the worst uh, example of a round like this kind of tale of two rounds kind of things where it would be split. I yeah, think it's fine. Yeah, it's fine. But I do feel like the right score, in my opinion, is Urbina, and I think the majority. Uh, landed on the right side of this one. So there was that. But again, didn't matter. Battle got the win anyway. A lot of heart from that guy. <laughs> you always hear about like heart and all this stuff. And it's usually like when the guy's losing in the third round, he just refuses to like go down. Another another Kelvin Gastelum story. Last picked on the show, wins it all. Well, if he can have half the career that Kelvin Gastelum's had, that would be pretty great. He'll be, yeah. Whether, you know, think say what you want about Kelvin Gastelum's place in the middleweight division right now, but he he was a couple rounds away from becoming the uh, interim middleweight champion of the world, and he's been a great fighter uh, at 170, 185 for quite a while. Maybe good they, fighter, maybe they, not great, but they, good. They might meet at some point. Maybe they will. <laughs> Probably a couple years the down night. the road. Yeah. Um, our last round, though, another finish from earlier in the card. Uh, Andre Petrosky got the third round TKO. Over Michael Gilmore, round two is our split, the one right before this one. Dan, what'd you say? I saw an extremely gassed Petrosky. He put it on Gilmore in the first round, and he was uh, he was pretty toasted this most of this round, I should say. I thought Gilmore countered really well, mainly because I think Petrosky was just so much slower at this point. Thought he landed the more impactful shots. Petrosky has some offense. He's landed some decent shots. I just don't think it's better. And then this is what really makes the round kind of close is he somehow wills himself to get it to the ground. But he didn't do enough for me there. Like with like eight seconds left, he's like, yeah, you know what? I'm going to mount him now and I'll land some like three good shots. It's a little earlier than that. It wasn't quite eight seconds. Okay, 12 seconds. And he starts I it was more like 20 seconds. I don't know if it's that long. And then he decided or maybe he started punching him with eight seconds because he didn't do much I, for a while. And he only lands like two or three. I, I thought it made it close. I can understand why it would sway someone, but it wasn't enough for me. I went with Gilmore. No, this actually was enough for me, sir. Uh, well, that's, that's fair. I uh, I thought that Petrovsky was landing the bigger shots. I don't think he was being outstruck to the degree. Even you know, there were decent shots that were being landed, like the counters, like you're saying from from Gilmore. But no, I, I think ultimately I liked the the effectiveness of the strikes, the the high impact of the strikes that was coming uh, from Petrovsky to Gilmore. I think it was very close while it was still standing. Like you said, the, the takedown from Petrovsky gets it down, moves to side, moves to mount. He starts landing, like he said, a couple of punches from mount. And I thought those were good punches there as well. I, I just, I think ultimately the, the heavier strikes were being landed from Petrovsky. And he wasn't, it wasn't just like, you know, 25 to, to five or something like that. I think it was much closer than that. I don't know the numbers off the top of my head, actually. But I just thought it was close enough uh, that, the larger strikes ended up being a difference maker for Petrovsky. So that's why I went with him. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's a fair assessment. I I did not see the impact on Petrovsky's end like you did. and mm-hmm. But if you did, you did. I did, I did. and uh, But, of course, as I always say, I'm I'm an untrained amateur uh, at this stuff. Amateur. Uh, the actual pros at this one, though, Mike Bell and Tony Weeks saw it the same way as you for Gilmore 10-9, whereas Bird saw this one the same way I did for Petrosky. All right. So well, we're kind of full circle here. We, we started off, off with an Adelaide bird round, which we think, <laughs> no, not, not a good one. And we end it with me saying, you know what? I see it your way, actually. Yeah. Now, I will say this. I think because we had three out of five rounds come from Adelaide bird, and one of them being a round that you and I both strongly disagree with and, and don't think it's a very uh, a, a good score. I don't think she took as much heat on social media as I almost expect because there was I some. Mean, she's just such a lightning rod uh, because of everything that happened with the Triple G fight against Canelo years ago. Um, no one will let her forget that. That one bad night. Um, is she one of the strongest judges out there? Maybe not. But I don't think she's nearly as bad a judge as everybody seems to be thinking she is. I think that we have raised the bar in terms of quality from the judges that we have that she does stick out a little bit more than say a Mike Bell or, or a Ron McCarthy or, you know, Junichiro Camillo. 
just rattle off some names. And and I think that's okay that she's not necessarily the best, but I don't think she's the worst. And, and I, I think we've seen from a lot of judges in kind of these smaller commissions, the, the, the shows that don't get as many major shows come through. They don't get as much experience at major shows or even experience, period. We end up seeing a lot of judges kind of make the, you know, these things that were just like, what what was that? You know, and if you only have a few opportunities and that's what we see, you kind of blow it. And that's that's kind of the opinion we're going to have probably of this judge. But Adelaide Bird has a lot of body of work here. And up until a couple months ago, I mean, she had a very clean uh, streak going of of rounds being in the majority and seeing the same way as other peers. Yeah, I mean, someone someone today I had to jump in. I, I mean, I tried. I've been trying to hold hold back a little bit lately, but some guy was like, "LOL." Of course, Adelaide Bird had it twenty eight twenty seven for Alvi, and I and I had to come in. I said, "No, she had it twenty nine twenty eight for Terman. It's not her fault. Terman decided to lose two points in the third round." Sure. So I mean, ultimately, it should not have mattered. Had he followed the rules, of so, course. But yeah, she's not even she's not the worst judge that we're going to talk about tonight. No, she's not. We'll get to that uh, shortly. Uh, before we do, let's wrap up with you know, we like to talk about the finishes. Of course, we had seven finishes on this Saturday night UFC card: four uh, by TKO or KO, three by submission, and three of those seven finishes were in the first round. Dan, what was your favorite? Well, my first favorite finish was Pat Sabatini. Subbing Jamal Emmers with a heel hook, he ended up he, he injured him. Unfortunately, that um, is quite unfortunate. You hate to see it happen, but it is you know it's kind of on Emmers to you got to know when to tap. But that didn't last very long because Gerald Mearshart looked like he was about to get uh, finished in round one. Comes back in round two and gets a rear naked choke comeback win, and that immediately jumped to the top of the list. Yeah, I mean, fantastic. Uh, you always love a comeback, you know. It's just exciting, and the way he did it, and Mirshard is is a very likable fighter. I think mm-hmm. very so tough. Anytime you kind of get that combined, it's it's easy to get excited for. Um, we all love comebacks, right? <laughs> we had a couple comebacks a comeback. on this whole card, right? Yeah, but what your favorite fight was not a comeback. No, no, mine. <laughs> uh, <laughs> mine didn't go too long, did it? Uh, that was, of course, the seventeen second head kick knockout from Abdul Razaka Hassan on Alessio Di Chirico. Uh, <laughs> fight was kind of over before it started. It, you know, they're, they're kind of stalking, and you hear the commentary team talking about, uh, oh, yeah, Al Hassan never skips leg day, and all of a sudden throws one of those legs, and <laughs> Chirico just goes down hard. It's over. He's kind of leaning down into the head kick, and obviously that compounds it. So um, that was that was a devastating knockout. I mean, it's, I don't think it's going to make any knockout of the, of the year lists, but it was very good, though. It, it certainly should be in the highlight reel of 2021. Oh, it'll it'll definitely be there. And you know what? I I didn't I didn't go back and look, but when they were doing the official announcement, when they're standing with uh, who was the ref that fight? I think Turb Dean maybe. There was like a big bump on the side of uh, Dakirico's ear. I don't know if that's where he was just hanging, having his mouthpiece hanging it off his ear, or if it was just his ear started swelling up from the kick. Uh, I, didn't... I did not notice. Yeah, one way or the other, what that I'm going to lean it was probably the mouthpiece, but uh, I mean, the way he got kicked, I, I wouldn't rule out something swelling up over there. I'm sure he'll be okay. He'll be all right. And that is it for Saturday night at the UFC Apex, but we did have one fight from the night before the final of three PFL semifinal playoff events. Uh, the headliner of this one, Movlid Hybulayev, he got the split decision win over Brendan Lofnane, 30-27, 29-28, and 29-28 the other way for Lofnane. So anytime you get three scores like that, you've obviously got at least two rounds. We're going to have to talk about something like that. It's the main event that decides who gets to fight for a million dollars. I mean, that's a big deal. So um, let's talk about that. This one was in Florida. So we had some local Florida judges as we've had throughout these PFL playoffs. And as far as I know, PFL might do the same thing again in a couple of months. I don't know if they're going to try to bring in, you know, any of the traveling judges, but they did not do that for any of these events. And, and I think it's a shame because these guys are fighting for a million dollars. This isn't, this isn't Bush leagues. This is, yeah. this isn't regionals. This they, is, they spend a lot of money on a bunch of gimmicky stuff. <laughs> and... Oh, the smart cage, t- you know, trademark. Yeah. And letting Chaos draw. Which, by the way, I have to say this, Dan. I'm glad you brought this up. The ghost cam where you don't see the cage, 
you can see the cage. You can see the cage. Okay. It's, uh, it's very subtle, <laughs> but it's still there. You spent all this money on something that doesn't actually work the same way you're telling me it does. And I can see that because I have eyes. Yeah, I mean, you're giving away $6 million in a couple months. You want to make sure you give it to the right guy, right? And girl. I mean, in, do they care about that? I don't know if that matters to them or not. But um, <laughs> I will say I've seen some crazy conspiracy theories about this. Uh, it doesn't come down to anything other than the way the judges happen to see it and based on their experience and that kind of thing. Let's get to this one. Let's let's dive in. Round one. What happened in this round? Uh, not a very exciting round. It, it's immediately a takedown and mm -hmm. Lufnan locks him up in the closed guard throwing some more pitter-patter shots than anything, while Kabalayev is hitting him a body-body head, but he's actually landing some decent ones. The head's getting dribbled back into the mat a couple times. They are very active, and though. Both of them are active. It's, Whether, it's you know, active. No matter the, am the amplitude of the strikes, they're both keeping quite busy. It, okay, I'll, I'll say they're busy enough to the point that no one's going to stand them up. But yeah. are there anything really effective coming from the bottom? No. From the top? No. Maybe. Here and there. So, But more so from the top than the bottom. And then mm -hmm. the the fight is so boring, Chael decides he's going to start drawing on the screen mid-fight. He's like, hey, this guy needs to go over here and he's drawing a play like John Madden. I'm like, well, there's a fight going on here. Maybe we save oh. this for the replay. But he didn't. Uh, I can't blame him. Made me laugh a little bit. You do like Chael. And then... uh. Like five seconds left, they scramble to the feet, and Kabalayev slams him to the ground again for good measure to you know put a stamp on the round, I guess. 10-9, uh, Kabalayev, easy. I would think so, too. I think it is a very easy round to score. Um, and two other judges, I would have to think, to some degree, thought the same. Eliseo Rodriguez and John Rupert. The third judge, Daniel Torres, scored this one for Lovnane. Don't see it. Not one bit. Bad score. I think it's a bad score. I'm with you. Bad score. I, you know, I, I would put it in the same neighborhood as as uh, as bird score in terminality. Although I think this one's probably even worse. 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 Definitely worse. Yeah. I mean, at least at least you can make some kind of case for Alvi. You can say he was winning strong. He was yeah. He was so, in that round for a little while. Absolutely. Yeah. Um. Although, again, he was definitely hurt in the end. Yes. So I think it, yeah. But. Yeah, this one, I just, I don't know what your argument is. He was busy on the ground, but he also, I mean, he was outstruck, first off. He was on the bottom. He wasn't landing as heavily. And he gets slammed down at the end. Punctuation mark. Not a good score from Daniel Torres, um, who is, as, as far as, if you, if you want to believe his his LinkedIn, because he has a LinkedIn, if he notes this, or who I, I'm going to assume is him, uh, I looked this up right after, so I don't think anyone took the trouble of creating a LinkedIn and impersonate Daniel Torres, but it says he's been a judge since 2002 in boxing, MMA, combat sports in general. So, you know, he's got an extensive background. I don't know how often he works. I don't know how much he, he hones the craft between because we know that the top judges do this kind of thing. Um, but he's been in the sport a long time. So I don't know. I mean, he went for the guy on the bottom. This is this is not typical of someone who's, you know, let's say a dinosaur in terms of judging. You know, you think maybe from like an old way of thinking. It was surprising. It's it almost well, Kevin McDonald speculated if it was an error. I don't think it is. I'm pretty sure they would have figured it out by now. But yeah. Yeah, well, when Kevin McDonald did our show, uh, I forget how long ago that was. He's like, well, last summer. He's like, common sense will tell you, you know, the guy on top, the strikes are stronger. Yeah. Most of the time. I mean, I chose a guy. I think you did. You took you. You went for Tertios, right? Round round one. He was better striking on the bottom, mainly because high stand wasn't doing much of anything. So, yeah, you're going to give it to the guy on the bottom. But this was totally not the case this round. No, no, I don't think so. Um, I just don't think it's a good score. Um, again, I, you know, we're, we've already talked about two scores tonight that I don't think are good scores, right? This is not typical of our show. I think we usually find it's usually one reason or another to defend these scores. And I think uh, in these cases, different events, different states, different judges, uh, different commissions, everything. But yeah, I think we've, we've got two high profile, uh, not good scores here. I'm with you. And round three is another one that was split, of course, in this, because like we said, we have three different judges' tallies in this one. What happens in round three here? Round three, Kaibalive didn't do much of anything, and Lufnane, he didn't really do all that much himself either, but he did rock him good. He busted his face wide open. Early on in the round, Early, yeah, when and they're then, still on the feet. Like two minutes left, Kaibalive gets a takedown and does absolutely nothing from there, just holds nope. him. I mean, I think it's pretty clear Lufnane was the more effective fighter. 10-9 him. 
I would say so too. I mean, we're we're looking for effective offense, which is you know offense that's working toward a finish, and and I think we had that from Lofnan, although he didn't press as much as he probably should have. It's a missed opportunity, and you know maybe he'll look back and say, "Oh, this is what I can do better." Um, but effective offense, working toward the finish, that's what we had from Lofnan, and I don't believe we had from Hibalayev. I don't think this one is as egregious as round one necessarily. I think round one is not a good score at all. I think this one's still not a very good score, but I think it's a little more defensible, I guess. I don't know. I don't know where, where you even find it. I mean, Kabbalah ran the clock out. That's what he did. Yeah, but, I mean, we at least have somebody who got a takedown, and they were technically on top, so if you want to call that <laughs> effective I mean, grappling, that's what I we're guess fighting it works against. a little bit better. I mean, I don't. I wouldn't <laughs> sit there and say this is the score. Uh, I mean, I, would, I, I don't like it, but... Yeah, this and uh, and Hibalayev got the round in this round from uh, Judge John Rupert, whereas Eliseo Rodriguez and, and Daniel Torres had this one for Lofnain. So uh, as a result, we had Rupert give all three rounds to Hibalayev, doesn't seem right. And we had Torres give two out of three rounds to Lofnain, which doesn't seem right. So I think our uh, our judge of this fight, who we feel is, you know, the voice of reason, is Eliseo Rodriguez. So shout out to uh, Mr. Rodriguez. Good job, Mr. Rodriguez. But that is it for this weekend. We don't have PFL for about two months now. Uh, we have Bellator is on a break until September 18th. We've got UFC this coming Saturday, but then they're on a break until the 18th. So, uh, yeah, we've got a little bit of a, we're going to be a little bit more quiet times in MMA for just a little bit. Yeah, a little bit of quiet times. Maybe we'll get someone on the show for that. For that meantime. Well, I think we should absolutely. We'll we'll have to figure out a, a fun way to to do our next Monday show. Not 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 the one that we're going to be previewing this other fight night that's coming up on Saturday, which is of course headlined by Derek Brunson and Darren Till, key middleweight bout. Yeah, this is a big one. What do you I, like about this? I mean, is, is this uh, is this an interesting matchup to you? Other than yeah, you know, I, it's, I it's think place it's the division. Do you like? Do you are you excited to watch it? Uh, I'm, I think I'm excited to watch Darren Till's usually exciting to me. I think this is, he's got a win. This is a must win for him, but it's also Derek Brunson saying, Hey, I could still contend here. I don't, I'm not that stepping son. I'm going to beat another one of your guys. Oh, I think this is and a big fight for so, Derek Brunson. I think yeah. he wins this fight. I mean, exactly. You could, you could feasibly say if he wins this fight, he could be your fighter in the wings in, in case something falls apart with uh Israel Adesanya and Robert Whitaker. Yeah, Derek, it's not unthinkable. Derek Brunson likes being the guy to ruin it plans of everyone. He does. He so. likes to troll people on Twitter too. <laughs> he's he's totally all about that and it's funny. <laughs> Good for him. It, it, he does it in a playful way. He's he's enjoyable. I am gonna lean Darren Till to win this okay. one. Okay. Well how's he getting Maybe. it done? Is he out striking him for five rounds or what? I'm going to go with a third-round TKO, Darren Till. You know what I'm going to say? What? Derek Brunson, decision. Close decision. Okay. I think I mean, the wrestling not, is yeah. going to be his friend here. I think he's a lot bigger than Darren Till. Maybe that won't bear out. Maybe they'll be standing next to each other, and I'll be like, oh, wow, I'm wrong. <laughs> um, we're recording this early in the week. so uh, I, I like Brunson here. I, just, I think he's got the skills to neutralize a lot of the things that Till can do. If he can't get the fight down and he can't keep it down long enough, I don't. I still don't know that Till's going to finish him off. All right. But I could see. I could honestly. I just see this one going the distance, and I think that it's going to be Brunson who comes out on top. But I could see it going the other way too. All right. Very. I'm fair. more confident in in the way it goes down than than who actually wins. Okay, that's good. What else we, we got? got a couple other uh, bouts on here that I can't think people are going to be talking about. Patty Pimlet, uh, the Scouser, just like Darren Till. They he is making his UFC debut here, his long-awaited debut after a Cage Warriors run against Luigi Vendramini. Lightweight bout there. I know you don't know a ton about Patty Pimlet, yeah. but people have been talking about him for years. Is it uh, Ian Gary brought over too? Do you know? Yeah, I believe so too. Yeah. Okay. Because I know he's I've, not on this card. I've seen I've seen more like hype about him than I have Patty. So maybe people that's why I don't. Patty Pimlet. Maybe that's why I don't know as much about Patty. I gotta say, this looked media stuff I've seen from him, he doesn't seem the most likable guy. Patty the Batty, right? That's his Patty name. the Batty. <laughs> I like that. That's funny. We got Paul Craig uh, too, and he doesn't have an opponent yet, so I don't know what's going on. But I love, I love me some Paul Craig. Yeah, Paul Craig was. I thought he had a, a very interesting opponent. I forget who it was. But I was, kind uh, of it was Alexander Gustafson. Yeah. Okay. He, uh, yeah. He had to pull out. I was excited for that one. Well, 
much like every other fight that happens, don't get attached to it. I get attached to fights all the time. You can't. I tell know me, you do. You can't I, tell you me not to because you're just being set up for a letdown. I for guess. all I know, Paul Craig's being moved off the event entirely. That's okay. No idea. They don't. Have, I don't think he has an opponent yet. I can wait for him to triangle someone else. And even Tom Aspinall, who was who was supposed to fight uh, Sergey Pavlovich, but Pavlovich couldn't come over. I think it was visa issues, if I'm if I'm uh, not mistaken, were reported. So now he's going to fight Sergey Spivak. Yeah, they're they they have. I'm telling you, they have Chris Dawkins and Tom Aspinall on a collision course. They're waiting for them both to be like title eliminator quality. No, I don't want That's, that. I want them to I'm telling I want them separated for as long as possible. I want I want some of these young guys to kind of wait. That's they where did a good job with that. That's where they're heading though. I did a good job with it about what was it? 10, 11 years ago, 12 years ago <laughs> when they kept uh Junior DeSantos and Kim Velasquez and you know kind of that that next generation after the pride, you know, old UFC guys. They were on the come up, and they didn't have to fight until they got to you know to the actual championship level, and they had the trilogy. I well, like the way they did. that. Well, that's what I'm saying. They're on a collision course. They're gonna they're gonna hit head on as a title eliminator. No, no, no. I mean above that. I want uh, you know. So who's gonna get the title one of them shot? Would have first. to be a champion here. I don't oh, know. If that's you, necessarily you don't want them happen, to fight but... until one of them's a ti- champion. That's kind of that's gonna know. be tough. I think you can. I think you can book them separately. There's enough Derek Lewis's. Out there and and Curtis Blades is and all that like they they can get to the level that they want to get to without having to face but each other. We, I just don't think you need to. I mean they're gonna have. I mean Cyril gone and Francis Ngannou. They're I don't even Stepe. Stepe's probably gonna resign. Well, do you see that there's they're, a new uh, UFC heavyweight interim champion? It's uh, Shohei Otani. <laughs> he got hit on the hand today. I don't know how he is. Ooh, ooh, yeah. Maybe he shouldn't have been so. holding that championship belt. Looks like <laughs> you shouldn't hold the real belt if you're not the champ. Like I, we have such dominant people in position to be champ for a long time that I think they're gonna have to meet before it's a title fight. So I, I mean, maybe you're right. I, I don't know. I just like the idea of keeping them apart for as long as possible. I guess. All right, that's. Fair. I'm not gonna be look if they book the fight. I'm not gonna be like no. I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna be excited for it. But I, I like the idea of keeping them yeah. separate just because I think there's other ways to do it. All right, I'm going you know? Tom Aspinall knockout. Okay, that's where I'm at. I will say Tom Aspinall knockout. All right. Well, which round since we got to have a tiebreaker? Round 1.5. Um, I don't know. I'll say round two. Fine. I'll go round one. All right. Why do we need a tiebreaker? Why can't we just be on the same side? We got to have tension on the show. Is that what you want? You make some false tension? Yeah, we should. All right. Well, we'll save that budding tension for uh, for next time, maybe. Uh, thanks again to everybody for listening. Appreciate it. And uh, we'll be back again next week, right, Dan? Yeah, we'll be back again. Thanks for listening. Take care, everybody.